0: Hey, we are we should be live here, I believe, whenever this kicks over onto the YouTubes. It looks like it's getting there. Uh, welcome, supers, uh, to something a little different than I have done in the past. Oh, we have actually somebody else joining us as well, which is great, which is awesome to because I was I was actually afraid I was gonna be the only one that showed up. <laughs> <laughs> As well as being worried that we were going to have nine, uh, up, upwards of nine people show up, so we might st- there still might be a few other past Shark Tank entrepreneurs that show up uh, for this new series called uh, Tank Talk, which we, we Beth and I were going back and forth about the name. I was vibing off with some other people as well. I I think the name works. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Right? Because I have Tank Tales. Uh, where we do the interviews, but this is something a little bit different. Where, uh, the intention is to up you know, have past Shark Tank entrepreneurs come uh, every other Thursday, join us here for, for, for what we're calling Tank Talk at the moment, and to talk about how you know, updates and where the business is, uh, you know, get. Like q and A Q&A with uh, the viewers here in the super community, uh, as well as like educate each other and learn, and hopefully do some masterminding and like solve like problem solving here on the fly is kind of an open door uh, peek in behind the curtain uh, kind of way. So uh, today, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out uh, and inter- uh, interview introduce. So I, Beth, if you could introduce yourself, that would be wonderful.
1: Okay, uh, I'm Beth Simbo. I am an inventor, I've officially accepted that term, um, of a baby product. I was on the show in March of 2021 with my busy baby mat, the first ever place mat that stops babies from dropping and throwing their toys. Uh, And I am in Minnesota, uh, again, one year since I aired.
0: Which is
2: awesome. Chris, please introduce yourself. Hey, and uh, Beth, uh, I could have used your product a long time ago with my with my kids. But um, how you doing, uh, Chris Siri? Uh, Beth, I will not call myself an inventor, although I think I must be. I have some patents, but it's just weird saying that. But I agree with you; it's weird to come to terms with that. Uh, with that, but uh, I am the founder with my wife uh, of Santa's Enchanted Mailbox. Uh, we were just on the most recent uh, Christmas special, season thirteen. Uh, where i met joe and and we came on and had a nice interview with him um and yeah joe sorry i was a little bit late uh i am it's not my full-time job so you are gonna see some multitasking there's no way around it um but i did try to clear out a little time so i can join today and say hello thanks for having well, me
0: no i appreciate you taking the time i know it was short notice like this all came together uh thursday or not th- today's thursday uh like two days ago i started messaging everyone and it was came out of the conversation that i ha- uh, had with uh uh hans dose who was just on shark tank like back in december uh with the tentacle uh the the multi the uh tripod with the with the suction cups and you know we did our interview that actually airs uh, on Saturday, and you know, he was like, "Oh, well, you know, like this is this interview is great, but like, is there any way to like, are we to do like a live? Have you done any live streams or anything like that?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, you know, it's kind of hectic to coordinate with a bunch of people, but but now that the network has grown to so many uh, Shark Tank entrepreneurs, it's like, oh well, you know, if we get, you know, we put it out to twenty or thirty people, and then we get two or five. Um, I thought I was actually potentially getting nine. I was having a panic attack about that because I was like, How do I you know navigate that many people and make sure everybody has a, an opportunity to speak and 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 talk and learn and teach and all that so uh having two or three or four maybe even five is is much much easier, much more manageable uh from a live stream standpoint but i you know I wanted to to bring up the the topic like you chris you brought up uh, mentioning that you're uh, an inventor or not. You don't classify yourself as an inventor, but I, I think that's an interesting term. And uh, obviously not everybody that gets into Shark Tank um, is an inventor. Uh, so I, I I would love to get some thoughts on the word inventor and what that means to you. And do you take that word to heart? Like, does it mean as much as, as like the word say entrepreneur means to, to others?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, for me, Joe, is that we had, you know, I had the idea. And to me, uh, granted, I have a I have an engineer in the family, thankfully, uh, saved me a lot of, of money with prototypes. But um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because when it came to life, and I had my first prototype, and we started and we got our patents, and we didn't really have a company yet. It was a local paper that wanted to do a story. And they thought it was creative. And they listed me as an inventor. And I remember feeling somewhat guilty because I was like, well, the engineer really brought it to life. But he said to me, no, no, no. It's you, you had the idea. You knew what it wanted to do. You just didn't know how to make it come alive. So it was tough to come to terms with that. Um, And still to this day, when something is listed or there's a story and they write the word inventor, when I think of inventor, you know, I think of like scientists coming up with something special that's going to uh, do amazing things for society. And this, that's my, mindset. Uh, But again, it's a term that I am happy and proud of. Uh, But I just like to, I I like to go with the word founder, because that's kind of it It was a business and a company. But I think us collectively as a family, myself, my wife, my father in law, everyone behind the idea, I think that we're all the inventors. That's kind of how I see it. Maybe Maybe a little humble approach to that word. (laughs) <laughs> and what if, I what I I when about Beth it? when Beth said that early on, I I laughed because it was uh, it was very relatable to me.
1: No, it's totally true, Chris. Like I still have to like make myself say it and believe it. And yeah. the only reason I do believe it now is because you know obviously I invented the product I came up with, but now I'm on my maybe fifth or sixth. I just got off the phone with product developers today with my next two inventions, my next two oh. ideas, the things I'm producing that don't already like. I guess an invention is something that didn't already exist yeah and so I'm creating things that didn't already exist which are technically new inventions which would make me technically the inventor but like you said my developers are the ones that are doing the CAD drawings and the mechanically making it work correctly yeah Um, and they're listed on my patent with me so I would consider them and I the inventors
2: yeah and you know what Beth we're proud because it's it's it is awesome and uh, every once in a while, I have to kind of remind myself too, like, oh yeah, we came up with an idea and that did not exist. So uh, it's a it's a cool way to kick off this topic because there was something immediately relate- relatable for me.
0: Yeah, I you know I I think that there sometimes I think we get hung up on terms and like that like what we are, aren't, uh, um, sometimes a little too easily because there's, there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, might not consider themselves like an entrepreneur, but they do have like a quote unquote side hustle. And then there's also people who, uh, where they want to consider people entrepreneurs, but it's really not that like I wouldn't consider say, and I'm, I don't want to catch any flack for this. Cause it's awesome if you do it, but like Uber <laughs> driver, Uber driving is not, you know, that is, I would say it's more of a side hustle than, you know, classifying, even though I think that Uber would love to classify those people as entrepreneurs (laughs) and like the go, you know, the next wave of go-getters and things of that nature. Sure. Um you know, it's it's a little, it's a bit tough, but I, uh, you know, the yeah, the, the inventor thing. I mean, what's funny when when I think of the word inventor, I I think of uh, I can't think of his name, but Tommy Pickles' his dad uh, from Rugrats, because he was an inventor, right? Like that was his whole thing was was being an inventor. Um, I, I and, go I go to Rick Moranis in uh, well, there, in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. That's what I go to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> him him is him as well. Yeah. My daughter's big fan. My daughter's a big fan. Um, (laughs) so, okay. So since, so since, uh, so since being on Shark Tank, Beth, it's been a year since you've been on Shark Tank. Uh, what's, what's been going on since, I mean, it's been since August you were, you were interviewed here on, uh, on the channel. So what's, what's been going on on your end?
1: Uh, a lot, a lot. So we came up with, I'm trying to remember what was in August. So obviously we aired last March, huge spike in sales. You're going to get with national publicity. I think we did six weeks of sales in three days hmm. and it was awesome. And we had when I we had just released a new product, my teething spoon, and I think was com- I was coming out with another product. Um, so we we grew the product line in the last year and now we're developing um, another line of products for toddlers because. My kids, who are now two and almost five, were the inspiration for the baby products. But they're not babies anymore. They're toddlers. So now it's just like my day-to-day life. I see them and what they're doing, and I'm just coming up with new ways to make those things easier. So my oldest son is learning how to write. His little brother's trying to copy him. So now we're, we've developed a toddler mat that is going to help kids from two to five learn how to write we've got an app that you know, shows them how to draw letters and then like different kinds of crafts you can do with the mat. And we've got therapists on, on staff that is helping with like legitimately how children learn to write and the best practices and ways to do it. Um, so that's really fun. And it's fun going through, through the life with my children, solving the problems as we go. Um, my brother quit his job and is joined me in the business. So it's the two of us. Yeah, it's so awesome uh and then like i mentioned we're developing new products so it's just keep keep growing and going
0: yeah no it it certainly is i was going to ask you you answered before i got there how how things have been working out with your brother working in the business
1: you know that took a while to um, acclimate to each other, but <laughs> it, but it nicely like we're we've we've always been best friends. We've done a lot of things together. We've been in the military together. We've done you know tough mutters and stuff like that together. Um, so we thought it was just going to be a natural progression to easily work together. Um, but then when you get into it, you you see the differences. And I've grown up in my life and careers as a more of a solo person, carving my own path, working by myself, he's grown up in big teams. So even in the military, I was by myself. He was part of a big team. When we went to work our kind of like corporate jobs, I was on my own doing my own thing and he was part of a big team. And so when we came to work together, it was just, we operate differently because he is used to having a team structure and I'm used to like doing whatever I want when I want to, because all I need to do is get the job done. Uh, so it took about a year for us to adjust, and now it's it's amazing. We we know each other so well. I can be in a bad mood. I don't have to be politically correct, and he knows what I mean and he knows what I need. And there's no there's no politics. There's no niceties. Like I can just be me, um, and that's the best part. I think about working with family is we can just be ourselves, and there's no hurt feelings, and there's no HR <laughs> involved
0: that is i mean that is, that's the the one of the ups and downs uh, i think it's great if you both are on the same wavelength when it comes to that uh that that is that is awesome uh though to hear because not everybody gets to work with family uh and it's a it's a blessing and can also be a curse you know it depends on mm-hmm. where you're at in the business where you're at in family where you're at in like i mean i literally live it uh you know through most of my life so i i know uh i know a whole lot about that that is uh that is awesome though no,
1: yeah it wasn't easy i mean we had to learn how to communicate better um mm-hmm. we had to learn how to have hard conversations that you didn't want to have. Um, but then when you learn how to do that and have those hard conversations and it feels better afterwards and you get better at it. And it, I mean, it took a year to kind of iron those things out, but it was worth it.
0: Yeah. And now, now jumping from one family to, to Chris, so in your, you know, how, how's uh, things been working between you, your wife and your, was you said your father-in-law?
2: Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's interestingly, uh, this is actually a perfect fit to be on, uh, on this first one, this call today, because Uh, a my product and my business was inspired by my own children um so we created that and our follow-up products are continuing to evolve based off of our children's likes and and you know the the magical things that we see them experiencing we're finding what's going to be enjoyable for them and 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 feeding off that Uh, i recently brought in my brother into my company uh mainly and if he was on right now he'd laugh at this but mainly for financial reasons uh Kind of a silent partner but uh pretty deep pockets and, and he knows that's exactly why we we wanted him in here um but you know listen with us it's um none of this is is full-time i i have the luxury of been uh working from home for almost 15 years uh managing sales teams in the credit card industry um so like for instance right now i have my Sanders and enchanted mailbox computer here and my two monitors on this side for my main job um Luckily, too, my business is seasonal. So I was able to really uh, tell my current employer, hey, I might be on Shark Tank. I don't know. Uh, We've applied. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Then, hey, we went out and filmed. Not sure if we're going to be on. uh, But at the same time, you know, just kind of being able to manage their expectations. So my point of this all being is that although my family's all involved, my wife, my stepfather-in-law, my brother-in-law, my own brother Um, We don't really have to work together. Um, The product at this point uh, with Shark Tank, with TikTok, you know, we have a very small warehouse doing its thing. At this point, we literally sit here for 25 days out of the year, see what the product does, send it over to the warehouse, every order. Shark Tank did phenomenal with us, uh, for us. And then since then, you know, people are still visiting our website at record numbers after. So we had a, uh, you know, a post-holiday Uh, Christmas sale, uh, a post-holiday sale, clearance sale. Um, As a result of Shark Tank, and I'm sure you probably realize this, uh, you start getting random emails and calls from all types of people, Uh, 90% of who you do not want to be in business with. And then you have to figure out who the right ones are. And as a result of Shark Tank, we are now uh, currently negotiating our product with uh, many different retail outlets uh, and Hallmark and this. And there's just a lot of folks that want, to sell the item next year so all great things so maybe one day i will be on that side of the uh wh- wh- you're on right now having to work in an actual environment with my family <laughs> joe are you frozen right now by any chance uh,
1: <laughs> yeah
2: so can you hear me at least we can hear yeah. you perfectly i okay. i just thought i said i'm either really boring you or you're frozen right now <laughs>
0: uh, I'm, I'm frozen. Uh, you know comcast uh, is comcastic and they uh it's For them to recognize that there's a problem in our neighborhood, yeah. So there's there's like a problem where it's like, it's like skipping.
2: Yeah. So it is. It, I mean, it's impacting, and he's probably gone. All yeah. right. So are we are we hosting We're this somewhere. now? <laughs> 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 where uh, where are you based out
1: of? I'm in Minnesota, and I'm out uh, in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the country, and it's super cold out, but my internet's working. So yeah, I'm yeah,
2: yeah, the- yeah. I'm in uh, Connecticut, and. I too have Comcast, but apparently uh, we're in better shape. I don't even know where Joe's base at. I forgot.
1: I don't know either. I don't know either. But yeah, internet's working here. Uh, So, how do you go about dealing with your emails? Like we get the same thing. We're still getting the same thing. Tons of people. I saw you on Shark Tank. I thought I'd reach out. I can help you grow your business.
2: Yeah, Um, and there's Joe. You see Joe writing in the corner to one of his uh, viewers right now. It's um. It's very. So it's, it's interesting. Um, We've gone as far as getting even some creepy letters to our house, uh, you know, commenting on my wife's outfit and just very random things. I I think for the most part, uh, what we did was we just made sure um, that anything public regarding us was uh, as private as we can make it. Yeah. And then uh, as far as that business emails that come through, um, I immediately go to LinkedIn and try to research who the person is, uh, check their credibility. Um, and then if some people check out, there he is. Welcome back, Joe. We've been hosting your your show.
0: No, uh, it's all good. I, I was watching on, on YouTube. I have YouTube. a okay. <laughs> different thing. Um, you know, yeah, the Comcast thing. Supposedly they're coming out tomorrow morning at 1 a.m. Uh, to fix the – not in my house, but in the neighborhood to fix the problem between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. I God, I hope they do because it's, it's like every hour or so, uh, the internet just like skips like a rock over water and it just, yeah. it, it just basically destroys any, anything like this. Um, yeah. So well, but we apparently other the people are following totally here right now. Are, yeah. Because the internet's fine now, but yeah. they, they, you know, they try to do the same, well, did you turn it on and off? And I'm like, look, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I am an IT professional. I've been around this stuff for getting closer and closer to 30 years. I, I, I know what's going on. It's yeah. not me. It's you guys. And, and you got to <laughs> fix it. You got to fix it, please. So hopefully tomorrow morning they will be out uh, and fixing the problem. God willing. Yeah. So, uh, so, so sorry. I, yeah, I'm based in Jersey outside of Philadelphia. So that's, that's where I'm at. So yeah, okay. if this is like literally just a problem with my neighborhood. They know it's a problem with <laughs> my neighborhood. They just yeah. were trying to put off doing anything about it apparently. Um until they got enough phone calls from other people to say, Hey, like th- this is not okay.
2: Well, um, How perfect for it to happen during your first live.
0: Um, yeah. yeah I, I know. Well, it's <laughs> it's one of the reasons I, I haven't, well, actually it happened last week too. Last Thursday I did a live with, with Sam and Jen for the business geeks. And it happened there where I, I got, I got booted off because it just, you know, the internet starts skipping.
2: Yeah. Uh, right?
0: Yeah, it does. It does happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to see uh auto in uh in there as well as oh a social comments display here click on why is it not showing the comment that's weird great awesome wonderful i <laughs> <laughs> love it i see the comments on fine. my screen i see the comments as well i uh, see
1: nothing what are you
0: oh there we go so uh, uh jovi Joby, Joby's here as well what's going on uh so yeah so Uh, you guys were on you guys were about to talk about something that I was listening to, but then I completely disrailed it. Yeah. So we were kind
2: of just going over how we, uh, handle the influx of, uh, I guess attention that your company gets. And, um, I was mentioning to Beth that, uh, one of the tools I was using was just LinkedIn and trying to research people as much as possible. I had a guy that said, you know, listen, I'm ready to put $10 million into this and we're going to make a fortune in this, that, and I immediately said, Hey, I'd love to learn more about your company. And I'd like to check you out on LinkedIn. I don't see any of your credentials. Oh, LinkedIn's for losers. I'm like, okay. Like immediately like you, you have $10 million to invest, but the the biggest social networking site among business uh, folks in America, you're not part of, and it's for losers. So, you know what I mean? Again, it's like, I'm not trying to sound all high and mighty, but if we can't check on people's credentials and there's nothing about them, I'm not going to get on a phone call with, an hour and, and and waste my time and you know just it's very hard to trust as many people who come out and, and try to get in front of us and beth i'm assuming you probably went through something similar
1: i mean i just get the influx of people who who send the emails about how they're going to help me grow my business and how i mm-hmm. should uh, click on their calendar link and schedule time with them um as if like i need help growing my business and have time for them yeah <laughs> like, actually i have a good one different. for
2: you so we, um, we're, we're trying to uh, tackle other holidays, and we've been working on prototypes, uh, ways to enhance this one. And the way we talk about it with our children is, hey, you're never going to believe this. the tooth fairy just reached out to us. And we have this amazing thing we're working on. And <laughs> but ironically enough, people are reaching out to us saying, hey, I have a great way to enhance your business. This is how you should do it. And if I find out you did this, I brought the idea to you first, and I'm going to sue you. That's their introduction to me. Like and I get, we're getting great. emails like that. So it's, it's, it's very uh, well, I guess once you put yourself out there, you have to expect it, but nonetheless, um, you know, I thought that was a fun story to share.
0: Go go ahead, Beth. You were going yeah, so
1: to say something. So to put a positive spin on that, if anybody's watching that does want to work with small businesses or businesses that have been on Shark Tank is a better approach, which I've gotten a couple times and ended up working with those people who have been amazing is to say, Here's who I am, here's what I do, and I notice here's three simple things you could do right now to increase your conversion or to do whatever it is that they do and actually provide value in advance and show that they've actually you know for for example, my social media guy, he's amazing. I mentioned him when I was even on the show. he was responsible for eight hundred percent growth in twenty twenty for my company. The way he introduced himself to me was a cold email, which normally I delete. His had a video attached, and he said, "Um, my name is Sergio. I saw your website. I think your product's amazing. I've attached a video of a few um, things that I think you could do to help improve your conversion. I also do Facebook ads. If you ever want a person to help you with Facebook ads, please reach out. And so I click on his video, and it's him scrolling my website. Giving me practical tips to improve my website, things I could do myself on the back end without any coding experience, and I thought, my God, this guy actually looked at my company, saw value, provided value. Of course, I'm going to call him and and work with him. Versus, yeah. you know, the other guy who's like, I can help you grow your business. Like, do you even know what my business is? <laughs> You know Sergio clearly did he he gave me evidence that he was on my website and already provided value before even talking to me
2: yeah i I, I agree Beth uh, a, a warm introduction that shares a little bit about themselves as opposed to I'm also not a fan of uh you know we also get a ton of emails of what you did wrong, what you should have said different on the show and I you know you don't you wish you could write back to everyone and remind them that hey, you know what, we pitched for almost an hour, okay? Like, they took eight minutes of it. Uh, but th- those are like, that's not a, a great way to, if you have a great idea for my company to tell me everything we've done wrong. Like, all right, sorry. And Joe, by the way, I've been, I have been I follow you a lot, and I love your posts on social media about when someone tells you, oh. hey, Joe, uh, this is everything wrong about your video. But yet they seem to be watching you every single week. So I, I-, I enjoy I- that.
1: Get your big fat head out of
2: the way, Joe. Let us watch the show. Well, you know
0: those. um, Yeah, I actually have a story for that. So uh, we actually got our first copyright strike here on the channel, uh, which is a big deal because I usually get copyright claims, which are very different from strikes. So claim is uh, the company that owns the copyrights of to the material wants to claim the money that is being collected from watching the material the strike is the the video is removed and if you get three of those you're you're out like you literally like your whole account is gone like your whole gmail everything which um so it was actually specifically for uh the undercover billionaire series which I thought was weird because like I have videos there that have like 20,000 views you know 15,000 views which is not like insane you know it's not 15 million views or anything like that but you know, the, the, and then you get to episode ten that just launched like on Friday, and all of a sudden that's the one that gets striked. And I'm like, that had three hundred views. <laughs> so like, what you know, what So like in my mind, what I think happened is is that show is it's, this, it's on the Discovery Network, Discovery Plus specifically. So that is something that they're trying to get people to go and like oh. pay for. And mm-hmm. now we're getting, I think we're getting a little, we were getting a little too close to the sun of like the end of the series and the reason to maybe pay for Discovery Plus and like go watch the series. And yeah, yeah so I was like, okay, cool. Like, no, no problem. It's all good. And then I just privated all the videos from that series. No big deal so uh so we'll see we'll we'll, we'll see if any like I, i'm actually debating if I'm going to reach out to them because uh, there's an email address, but I'm like eh it's not really worth poking the bear. That series really didn't do that much for me in terms of views or growth of the channel uh, i mean there's a you know there's some people that came in because of that series, but you know when you're talking about one like two videos that basically did 30,000 35,000 views total versus the channel i mean it's almost a 2 million views total it's like eh you know not really worth like poking the bear on, i don't think no. so yeah so it's like ah eh, whatever but um but yeah getting those those comments and things I, I mean i think it's uh i think it's fun to be able to show people how to respond to them and you, you know thanks that? siri i see I, I can thank siri when she's interrupting uh <laughs> that happens geez. to me with my last name every day
2: <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's a fair, yeah. fair joe point. i don't know if you see they're not popping up but there were some people asking questions yes uh, yes there, I, I, there I, I, are i'll lean on beth for the first one i don't Was it, uh, so i
1: don't the, see any of them so i don't know so, there
0: oh did you uh well not that someone just asked about you. how we calculate the valuations of our company i'd love to Oh yeah, okay. We can we can tackle that one. So uh yeah, so go who Beth, do you wanna you wanna start with that one?
1: Um I can. Um I don't have a FN clue. How (laughs) (laughs) did Can we swear on this channel?
0: Uh, I'd I'd rather you not. We we do have younger audiences that watch this channel as well because we inspire all here. So I'd prefer you not to.
1: As with everything in this business, because I came from the military, I came from a corporate job, I have zero experience doing anything that I'm doing right now. I don't have a clue what I'm doing and I figure it out and I lean on other people. So I leaned on some people that have financial backgrounds and, you know, they looked at sales because there's, there's different valuations and Joe, you could probably speak to this better is the valuation you give to the sharks when you're trying to pitch them versus the actual valuation of your company. When you talk about multipliers and you talk to, you know, it varies greatly. So we what I actually came up with to pitch to the sharks was the amount of money I thought that I needed or wanted to accomplish the goals I wanted to accomplish and also the percentage I was willing to give up, knowing that that was going to change. So when they put the initial ask up on the screen and for me, it was $250,000 for 5%. That gave me a $5 million valuation. I think, Mm -hmm. Um, that was really just part of the strategy of knowing that they were not going to give me that. Um, But if I started at 15, then the next thing they would offer me would be 25 instead of 20. Um, So really for the show, it was strategy. In real life, like right now, we're um, taking offers and and thinking about exiting. Um, The real life valuation is calculated much differently. And it's calculated differently depending on who the potential buyer is. So it's actually a very complex question.
2: Yeah. And and I, I think that it was actually really well said because we... To me, it was all about strategy. I looked at this as I, it's a, it was a television show. It's in my eyes, it's a game show. I'm trying to win. And I, if you base it off of what our sales were in our first three years, under a licensing agreement, I actually under-evaluated the, the, the company. Um, but what I was trying to do was give up a larger percentage, knowing, and this part didn't air, that someone would challenge me on the fact that my wife owns a hair salon, that I'm not in this full time and that we were expecting them to do a ton of the work. Uh, I found it interesting when Mr. Wonderful said something along the lines, and they did not air this part, and I wish they did, but uh, he said something along the lines of, like, well, you know, it's a seasonal item, and you don't do this full-time, and I don't want to get involved in a business like that. To what I replied with, I thought I came out here for a Christmas episode. Like, <laughs> like we're all seasonal items that, that we should be pitching to you. Uh, and I said, I, I said it with all due respect, um, but this is <laughs> – We didn't try to pretend to be anything we weren't. Um, And then I kind of came back and said, you know, our evaluation is actually under-evaluated if you look at what the sales have been. But for the most part, what I did was I took a look at the inventory we had for this upcoming Christmas season. I imagined that we sold everything at cost. And then I thought we, as a result of possibly getting a deal if we were, and that was going to air at the minimum, I thought we could at least triple or quadruple what the sales would do the following year from that exposure And I evaluated it based off that and I gave them a high percentage.
0: So that's how I gave up. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's a, that's a good, um, good thought process on, on both ends. Right. Because, the, you know, getting the right amount of money that you need to do the, do a thing, right? Like ideally that's one of the reasons that you want them there. Right. And if it's advice, then maybe you go lower on that amount, but it's also, you know, gauging the percentage that you'll need in order to get them interested, but also not give away the whole, the whole business in the process. And yeah. uh, depending on how much you own versus everybody else in the company, it, you know, if. There, it is a very different. Um, the other, the other thing that factors into it when you talk about like the real valuation that you would get outside of Shark Tank. I mean, the goal to be of being on Shark Tank not only to get a deal but to you know make sales go burr, right? And and just like make it happen. So, you know, when because uh, we see like uh, Mark said, oh, you know, Kevin can't get past the valuation and and the whole yeah, well yeah, the whole point of being here is so that sales go burr and then the valuation doesn't at that moment say six months before you ever aired don't isn't really a, doesn't matter at that point right especially yeah. if the deal isn't really finally inked for another three six months or more later so um so yeah i i think that there's a lot to be said for trying to tie into gates like what what can i get as far as money that's why when we see these sky high valuations Unless um, the and and also to me it comes back to how what what kind of repeat customers you have, so like if you have a food product like and people are you know we have a forty to sixty percent of people are rebuying the food on a weekly to monthly basis, then yeah then that's awesome you have a built in you know money's going a money making machine effectively cash cow right that's yeah. or a cash cow in the making I should say you yeah. know that is so much more valuable than you know they buy the. They buy this once and that's it. There is no filter to buy. There is no like recurring revenue model built in. And that makes it a lot harder for somebody to say, well, I got to go and sell, you know, a hundred of these $10 items to make, you know, or hundreds and thousands of these $10 items to make any kind of real money here. Yeah. Um, oh, this, this, here's a question from S S uh, F, F, S Y. Uh how, How do you do the prototype of the product and how do you find the right manufacturer?
2: Okay, you want that one first? I'll take it. (laughs) Ladies
1: first, go ahead. I I mean, my very first prototype, I bought things off of Amazon and cut and glued them together. Um, So for me, it's a placemat with suction cups that you can tie stuff to. So I bought placemats and I bought suction cups and I bought things you could use to tie toys to. And I found a special glue that you can glue rubber to rubber. And I sat at my table and I I cut and pieced it together. And then that's about as far as my capabilities went. Um, So I actually found um, product developers and that's what you need if you, you know, an engineer of sorts. Um, I don't know any people like that. And where I found mine was at Toy Fair. So you go to an industry event, whatever industry you're in for me, it's, you know, toys, baby products. I went to Toy Fair New York City and I walked down the aisle of booths that were infant and baby products and I talked to the different booth owners and realized that a lot of these people were just like me. A lot of them came up with an idea for their product and found their way to market and had a good market fit and were selling it and growing. And so I told a few of them about me and what I was doing and they said, what you need is a product developer because at the time I just knew I was stuck. I didn't know what the next step was you need a product developer. It's like, okay, how do you find a product developer? You know, Google product developer and pick one. Um, but another booth that I had talked to said, we have great product developers. Give us your card. We'll pass it along. So I, I got connected to my developers through somebody else who had already worked with them and could vouch for them doing a good job. I still work with those developers now almost five years later. Um, And manufacturing, they have a sister company or now they're kind of all under one umbrella where they hand you off when you get through development. They hand you off to the sourcing and manufacturing team who then works to source where your products can get made, get pricing, get quotes. Um, For me, they go to the factories and make sure they're safe and good working conditions and clean and do inspections along the way, send me videos and pictures. They do inspections before, like when the product's finished to make sure it's good quality and test it to make sure it's not gonna break and, uh, and all that stuff. So for me, I got really lucky that way. And I think you've got a different story since you- and, got- and how yeah. exciting
2: is it when the first one gets sent to you to actually see with your own hands out? Wasn't that a great moment?
1: Oh my gosh, I cried.
2: Yeah, I had to be home to sign for mine. I had to be home to sign for mine And Mm -hmm. I was up here working in this office and my ring video doorbell ran out of battery. And there was a note on my front door that I missed it. And I was on the phone with FedEx just freaking out. So it was like the moment we've been waiting for. And I had to wait two more days to get it. So needless to say, I've never uh, not charged that battery again. But, um, you know, with me, it was just, it was a little different. Um, Joe, I know you have uh, viewers of all ages. So let's just say that we needed to take a a decorative Christmas mailbox and find a way for your letter to magically disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the mailbox just doesn't do that on its own. So we had to get creative. Um, So at first I was playing around with ideas and, you know, just coming up with different ways that it can appear that the letter has magically disappeared. And then luckily enough, my stepfather-in-law as I mentioned is a retired engineer uh, not in this space whatsoever. And funny enough, was not a big fan of Christmas uh, until now. And um, he immediately, we made one out of out of wood, uh, just with, not battery operated, just to kind of get an idea. And we wanted to see proof of concept. Took that first one home. My son, who's 10 at the time, was three or four. Uh, I got a great video of it. I'll have to show you one day, Joe. Um, I'll never forget. He had a fever and he wasn't feeling good. And I said, hey, I need you to try this. This is you know, I'm like, this one, it's going to happen. Like At first, we the, the ones we were playing around with, I would make him turn his head and find a way to distract him. I'm like, shut that door, raise that flag, open it. It's going to be gone. And once we saw his face, it was like, all right, we have to take the next steps. We 3D printed the next one. To move on from that, now you need full-time manufacturing. And we just kind of hustled. Um, I went on LinkedIn, which is my go-to. And I already had my patent, my trademark, my website, the idea all before i started hustling around and i went to find a partner that not just had the pockets for it but knew what they were doing okay yes we can fund this but we can also help mass market this so my whole thing was i would say it was the easier way because once we found the right partner we can sit back and watch them help develop a brand and then once that brand once that brand was developed we you know in the long run we earn that we inherit that back and then go full-time with it. So that's kind of where we're at right now. We went with the licensing route. We found a company that knew what they were doing. They mass-produced. They mass-manufactured. I got to be part of that entire process. We got to watch the videos come through, You know, all the pictures taken from the manufacturer, all the tests, the fails, everything. So that's kind of how we took it us. Um, one more thing, too. Uh, having an engineer in the family, that's the part of our business now. We've expanded. So over the last year, we've been having... Folks bring their ideas to us so we can help them develop and find the least expensive way because patenting could make you go broke. Um, so, having an engineer in the family, we've now helped three other entrepreneurs with the, with their ideas.
1: Ding, 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 ding. It, yeah. There
2: they go. And we've, we've taken, uh, we've said if it ever becomes something, we've just asked for a small piece of equity in the business to help them get their product launched. So, that's what we've developed since then.
0: No, that that is phenomenal. I, I, lo- I did not know that, and uh, that is great to know. I guess my, I guess my question that and I have a couple of ideas, but um, I personally haven't walked through that process. I haven't walked that path of creating a product. Um, what, what steps do you take to protect yourself when you have that idea, and you're like, "Well, who do I trust this idea with that isn't going to run off and like go make it themselves?"
2: legitimate patent attorneys not and i'm sorry if anyone's done this and beth i don't know if you have but i say stay away from the invent help companies and the ones that because they will tell you that your idea is the most unique no one has it and that's it you have to find a reputable law firm doesn't matter how expensive they are because you do pay money to find out that it doesn't exist so please stay away from those uh those uh websites that say they're going to bring your invention life. that's my advice
1: Yeah. I have to double down on that one. And I'm so fortunate that at that toy fair I had gone to when I was very first starting, the first woman I talked to who had a baby product, she invented it because of need, just like I had. And I, I asked her what was her biggest lesson learned in her process? Because at the time I met her, she was on her third product. And she said, go to professional product development and, um, Skip any kind of will help you take your product to market kind of website. And it was just like you said, press like inventhelp.com or whatever. Um, she wasted two years and a ton of money and still had to go back to the drawing board with professional product developers and actual patent attorneys. Um, so I got, you know, I probably would have highly considered doing that because it seemed reasonable. And I yeah. had talked to a few of those and I've since talked to other entrepreneurs who have been burned by that exact same spiel. Yeah. Um, and some of them are stuck in licensing deals with these companies who are, who have drawn up their ideas and own the rights to them and trying to license them with men and get them manufactured. And they're just sitting there stagnant because it just wasn't done well.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Joe, that's, as far as protecting, um, I've tried to mentor a lot of people in my last couple of years and and I went through this in the beginning, where people said, you know, make sure you get an NDA signed, make sure you do this and that, because don't tell anybody any details. Um, and there's there's a, a valid point to that in in many ways, but now that I've gone through this with multiple products, it is way too time consuming and way too expensive to bring a good product to market, like. I can do it i'm not i don't have the time or money or energy to to steal your idea if you want me to mentor you i will mentor you um and i'll happily sign an idea i don't care but you don't have to worry so much about that if you're talking to someone who will hopefully help you or you know you may hire their services now if you're talking to someone who's in your industry who has the time money and resources to rip you off then yes be careful be cautious Um, I filed my first provisional patent um, early on, um, and I did it by myself because you can do that and it's affordable. Um, Come to find out later, it was completely worthless um, (laughs) just to protect myself uh, or what I thought was protecting myself. Um, Now we are seven patents later, um, learned a lot of lessons, but one that I learned is a professional good patent attorney is worth every expensive penny. (laughs)
2: And you're right about expensive. I stopped uh, wishing them happy holidays in an email because I was afraid I was going to get charged for their response.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I,
2: uh, I completely agree with you. On I that don't
1: way. respond almost ever. Like I yeah. just if I don't have to because I don't want to see that extra 0.15 added to the invoice. Unbelievable,
2: right?
0: It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yep the you know the to go back to the event help i think it's tough right because you you go to their website it's like existed since 1980 something 84 86 or something like that and it's like well they could they can't be that bad if they've existed that long right like they must be doing something right um but the but the nda part uh you know the the part with the, the problem with the nda is is depending who you're going to 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 ask for help they might have the money to just be like not care about your nda and just be like yeah sue me it don't yeah. it don't matter oh you're right
2: a <laughs> you know, patent, so it's, a patent it's... is only as strong as as deep as your pockets are i mean that's an absolute contract, truth. a
0: contract right and and it, you're and... right but anything you're like right, you could,
2: you no matter what if someone thinks that hey you know what take me to court you probably don't have the money to fight this you have to you have to take that risk right
0: it, yeah, it, it is. It, I mean, it's all about risk, right? That's part of the entrepreneur journey. That's part of inventing. It's part of taking any kind of chances. Of, chance, stepping out of line, period, uh, you know, yeah. from the, the yeah. basis of what is societal norms are uh, comes with that risk of what's going to be the blowback. I mean, even doing this channel, right? Like I could literally wake up tomorrow and it just be gone. And I mean, I still have my website, still have my podcast, still have my email, like newsletter. It's not the end of the world. But it's it's a it's a risk that we uh, that we take to be able to help people in the world. And and that's just one that you know comes with, with anything that we do. Um the the question uh, uh, Joby or Jobby comes uh, came with was uh extended. So how how does your revenue sales, profit margin, et cetera, come into play when you create your valuation? Now, I mean, you, both of you kind of already answered that, but was there a extension to your to your question uh, that would fit that a little bit? Or your, yeah, your I, I answer, can I can say. briefly I can briefly
2: say that our profit margins were uh, a, a little thin for probably someone a shark's uh, tastes. Uh, so obviously, I think it didn't necessarily play into how I how we had evaluation, but more importantly, how we spoke on that and defended that. And I think that you can utilize and be pretty transparent about your, uh, you know, to, to what we spoke about earlier, our inexperience. Um, my main point was to share, listen, our margins are thin. The cost of my product is too high, but look at where it's gotten me today. I'm in front of five of the most successful entrepreneurs, and I'm looking for some guidance and advice on how we can drive that all down. And become more profitable. Obviously, we have a product. Obviously, it's selling. So here we are. So you know, again, we—I—I I, I felt good about my valuation, but I was just able to be transparent and utilize our weaknesses as kind of strengths in a way.
1: I think for me, the those you know revenue sales profit margin is what kept the sharks from being mean to me because I had <laughs> great uh, profit margins and I had decent sales. Uh and revenue, and so I think that just made them be nicer to me and not i mean, of course, I think with most evaluations, unless you're grossly low, they always give you a hard time about your evaluation being too high um in real life, the valuation you know highly depends on these these numbers, and profit margin is is huge um as well as the revenue uh so that's just like like I said it's really it's really in real life more complicated than what you see on the show and it takes a lot of different formulas and numbers depending on who you're talking to to really determine that valuation.
0: Yep. I I think that's a key what you the last thing you just said was the key there. It depends on who you're talking to because everybody value, you know, you can say, "Oh, well, this industry does it by a multiple of blah 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 on profit margin or or or, or, or I'm sorry, on profit versus yeah, yeah. revenue versus uh, you know, sale like the sales velocity and and again repeat customer business versus you know how fast are we are we selling what kind of product are we selling do people need it versus want it is it an industry that the person is already in and can like slot it right into where they're already at and be able to say get that pro- the uh, profit margin up because they're able to reduce those costs immediately. Um, and have a cu- built-in customer base that's like, ooh, it's worth more to me than it would be to say just anybody. I mean, as when I work with businesses, that's one of the things. Like when we're uh, talking about businesses that are looking to sell uh, or looking down the road of like, ooh, five years from now, how do I how do I retire? You know, I don't have anybody to sell this to, uh, or or you know, what am I going to do? And how do I take myself out of it? That's where we start talking about the you know building the processes and things of that nature. And um, and it's just one of the, like what you have to be thinking about from a if if I if I'm the kingpin and you take me out of it, then this business is worth a lot less to a lot less people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Versus if you can have. Uh, the process is in place, and it's like, oh, we are operation where it's like, ooh, you know, Beth, you can buy this business, and it's, it's literally, it's turnkey. You can plug it right into what you're already oper- – mm-hmm. like, all the operations you already have going on, and I don't have to be here because, like, if I got run over by, by a bus tomorrow, it, all of a sudden it's gone. You know, it's, it's worth a lot more because I don't have – it's not all falling on one set of shoulders mm-hmm. that that you will be pulling out from under that business. Yeah. So uh, the other, uh, another question from, from jo- I don't know if I'm saying your name, right. I'm, I mean, I'm terrible with names, but uh, Joby jobby, uh, <coughs> would you rather take a loan with smaller equity as Kevin would often say, or take equity as some of the other sharks like Mark or Lori say, and uh, thank you so much guys uh, for joining and Joe hosting this. Well, you're very welcome.
2: Uh, So I personally would rather give up more equity uh, as I don't know if we're saying when we say take equity, I'd rather give up more equity to have a, uh, you know, a very successful and smart entrepreneur with the kind of reach that any one of those sharks have any day of the week over alone. I said from the beginning when, when we came up with this product that if someone called me tomorrow and said, here's $5 million, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, I wouldn't know what to do with that money. Um, I would end up, you know, I just wouldn't know what to do. Uh, So to me, it was more a loan would not be for my particular business. And in the uh, position we were at in the age of our business, it wouldn't make sense for us.
1: I think I'm the opposite. I still wouldn't know what to do with that five million dollars. (laughs) but I'd rather take that money, figure it out and keep my
2: equity. See, I don't want to lose someone else's five million dollars. I want to keep all my fingers, you know. <laughs> well, it depends I'm, from, on, I'm know, from Long Island. Maybe our loan sharks are a little different here. <laughs> yes, is <laughs> nice a little here in Minnesota.
1: different. Maybe I'm used to. It.
0: <laughs> you're too, you're too nice out in Minnesota.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about yeah, keeping a and giving up less equity. I like have, I like owning and having control of my company and what I'm doing. Even though I don't have experience here, I feel like I've done a good job and I'm learning and I have control. And maybe I've just got control issues but I like being able to make the decisions and not have to answer to anybody else.
2: Yeah. See, I was willing to go, I went into this, uh, my wife, who's unfortunately not here right now, um, I wanted to go as high as, I was gonna say, let's give them 49%, we'll remain uh, majority owners, and then they'll know I mean business. But truth be told, I'll be, see, I'm a little different. It's a seasonal item, I'm okay with it. If this thing becomes the next Elf on the Shelf, 49% will pay for my kids to go to college and I won't have to work again. That's kind of how I was looking at it. So that's, that's really my strategy. And I completely respect that because this is what you, this is your full time, correct?
1: It is now. It wasn't until six months ago.
2: Yeah. And see, maybe, maybe my mindset needs to develop into the point where it could be. And you know what, after this year, it could very well be something that we do full time. I don't think that I've uh, evolved enough to believe in that. So maybe that is why I feel, hey, just take it, run with it. And make me some money while i sit back that's that but that could change so i respect and appreciate what you're saying on your end
0: and i love the fact that we have two totally separate like ideologies <laughs> you know business setup models here uh with us today on this first ever tank talk uh so <laughs> i i no it, it like seriously it's you know i wonder though chris i i would challenge that if you know, you you haven't gotten like the second hit yet, right? Like you, you have the first hit and now you're working with entrepreneurs to help them uh, and inventors to to get them set up with their business, you know, their products and all. But like once you get to that second hit and you start to like maybe formulate more of more of a not so seasonal company and, and by seasonal, I really mean like the month of December, though, you know, if, if everybody had their way like October 1st, would be would be christmas yeah. uh, i mean in 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 the retail land it kind of basically is at this it's point it's getting
1: close
0: yeah. yeah i mean really like it's yeah pretty much yeah. um so i you know i i just wonder if that you yeah i wonder if you will come around to that as you know as your business continues to develop and ideas come flowing through and yeah. you know other uh, opportun- like other product
2: opportunities
0: come come your way
2: I, it's funny, Joe, it's because like, we've had this conversation a thousand times in, in our house and all the what ifs. And, and I am looking forward. There's a great question that's coming up that I'd like to share. But uh, my thoughts on. But to kind of wrap this up, uh, that, that answer up for me is that I think I've lived under the wing of corporate America for far too long, where it is from like, the, the companies that I work for and that pay me my biweekly salary and my health insurance and taking care of my kids. To me, it's just the type of person I am. I was like, this is great. I love the little time. Don't get me wrong. We put a lot of time in that month and a half when sales are booming. But to me, it's just when I started to pick up on what this manufacturing looked like, how much was involved in it, with freight going out of control, like the stress that came this year, I I, I was uh, as unhealthy as can be. To me, like the stress was overwhelming where I was just like, you know what? It's only a seasonal item. If we had something that sold all year round, which we hope it can become, then maybe my mindset would be a little different. I think that I was really just banking on experience and hoping that if we did have the right partner, don't get me wrong, I'd be involved as much as I can in the marketing, development, all the fun stuff. But having someone with that true experience of getting something like this, mass-produced, mass-developed, I probably would have leaned on.
0: Chris, I'm going to tell you, our box, our mailbox is still in our living room. And the reason is, is, and we actually have fallen behind on this so far, but we need to do it, is our kids love Christmas. Like, they'll watch Christmas movies, like, all year. Doesn't yeah. matter, right? So we want them to send letters to Santa all year round so that we have, like, this collection of, like, Santa letters. Not yeah. just to maybe help <clears throat> us figure out what to get, you know, to get when Christmas time comes around. But, like, for the years to come, right, and that kind of thing. So it actually lives in our living room. Um, Joe, I didn't see even see know you were a customer. So thank you.
2: Are you no? Are you serious? You didn't <laughs> I really know, didn't I know you had to- one. I, I, uh. I want to share this with your audience real quick. Um, we are developing. I don't have in front of you. We're developing skins that go over this and represent all different types of holidays, events, mm. birthdays. Some people. I, I'm not a fan of this, but Some people are pushing us for letters to heaven. I don't like that. But just oh. ideas of many different ways that you oh, can that's continue a great idea. yeah, but to me, it's like listen, you might eventually find out one day that they're still in here. I can't have that when it comes to having you
1: it. know what there's a there was a story on c b s Sunday morning a few weeks back about somebody who put like an old phone on a tree in the woods, and people go to this tree and pick up the receiver and they talk to whoever it is in heaven that they miss or want to communicate with. And you know, it's not real, you know, it's a phone on a tree, but for people's psyche and for people to feel good and feel better and like, feel like they're connecting with that person. It's huge. I think that's actually a great, I mean, yeah, it's kind of creepy, like writing a letter and, (laughs) but Eventually, they'll learn that it's not real, but they might continue the practice
2: anyway. Yeah, That's important. And, to, and to Joe's point, we're trying to find ways that it can extend throughout the year. And again, listen, guys, I keep sharing that I would that I want to give up so much so I could do so little. That's not really what I'm going for. It's just I am so busy with my my nine to five is a nine to nine, and I can't. I don't think my mindset's there to do it full time. Yeah, and I gotta respect share with you. That you took that.
1: There's a reason I worked my I worked a full-time corporate job until June of this last year. So the first three and a half, four years of my business. And I did the same thing as you. My job knew what I was doing. I was transparent. I did it on the side because I had that income, that insurance, that, that safety net that I was scared to death to leave. But it got to a point where I wanted, I was excited about my business, excited about like the time I wanted to spend on my business. And it just is, you've got to like, you gotta do it. You just gotta do it, and yeah. uh, and it, you figure out. I mean, now my business because I have extra time and energy to put to my business, my business has grown, and now my business can afford to pay my health insurance. Done. So I still have an income, and I still have health insurance because I have more energy to give my business to grow it, so it could do those things, and I could leave that job.
2: See, so look, look at you form here, Joe. I need to put a couch behind me and lay down and. And just connect with Beth more often. You, this might be a can – I, can I ask a question before we ask on our next one? Beth, I'm assuming yeah. – and, and forgive me, uh, I do not – I'm afraid to admit this. I do not watch a ton of the episodes, especially leading up to knowing I was going to be on the show. My wife wanted to watch it every night. I couldn't do it. It was giving me anxiety. I didn't <laughs> want to think, uh, overthink things. But assuming – you did not get a deal, correct?
1: I got an offer from Lori, and I walked away.
2: Oh, my Lord. I did not
1: take it. I'm the opposite of you i watched every single episode to prepare and i have not watched it since
2: (laughs) you got an offer and you You walked away
1: i walked away
2: yep
1: we don't have time to go into that right now
2: okay yeah we do we
0: do need to wrap up here in a in a a, a few minutes but I, i did want to get to at least the last question here since it's a i think it's a pretty short question uh if all jovi says uh if all the sharks had offered you a deal the same deal of course Who would you have chosen and why? So I don't know who wants to-
1: Mark, uh... 100% Mark. I went into my taping knowing Mark was gonna be there and thinking, well, he's not gonna have any interest. He's not into baby products and he wasn't, but he was the most supportive person my entire, like he actually didn't make TV, but he stood up and yelled at Lori at one point, telling her you're just disrespecting her. And he cheered so hard for me. At points in the in the taping that I felt like I was on his team already like his energy and he's just like the coolest nicest guy so for me that's my answer
2: that's awesome I can't wait to watch your episode I'm actually going to do this as soon as this call is done right now um so for me my wife and I had different choices um she wanted Lori and if you watch the show she although they only showed a, a piece of it. We actually came very, very close uh, to walking out with a deal with her, um, and they kind of had a lot of back and forth, but that was my wife's choice, and I would have been more than okay with it. I loved Kevin, and that's and I'll tell you why. I just, first of all, from, f- from being a fan of the show, I just felt like we still, with this product, might be in a position where we need to continue to license, and I was thinking much bigger. I was thinking mickey's enchanted mailbox and goofy's enchanted mailbox and i'm thinking disney all over this and he's a licensing guru and to me once again my mindset kept going have other people make the money for me and that's where i was kind of leaning towards him so that's my short answer i thought he would make a good fit for future licensing opportunities
0: i think that's a i think that's a great i think that's a fair answer i think i, I think that's you know uh, it it is hard, you know, on Beth, you're on your end, to to walk away from a deal. Uh, but being able to a year later, you know, standing on your own two feet and, you know, not being in your corporate job and and doing, uh, you know, everything that you. Want you know, that's inside of you and mm-hmm. enabling that. Right. And Chris, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get the, the mail, the, the mailbox money. No the pun intended. In mail, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's
1: a check in the magical like, mailbox. <laughs> I
0: mean, look, it's, there, there really is nothing wrong with that. Uh, I, I and I think that the way that you set up the, the business and the way, the steps that you took out of the gate with getting the licensing deal it you know, speaks to that. Right. And to, to like, Hey, I'm not going to necessarily just give up everything that I have and I've worked for to, to, to establish my position where I am for something that, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a, you know, magical home run. Maybe it's not, maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's a, a, you know, a triple or something, you know, and, and I don't know until I get there, but I'm not willing to bet the whole life that we've created on that yeah. just
2: you know and, and the good news up. is based off of everything beth has shared with me today which by the way beth i just friend requested you to see now um you, yes please um but i will say that uh to beth's point the the dream has not like we did not put the fire out and we're continuing to develop because maybe that one thing will happen for example these skins where now i all of a sudden i'm on my shopify account i'm seeing something sell all year round and i'm like okay now we have something and you're 100 percent right My mindset was still on seasonal, seasonal, seasonal risk. We come up with something that starts selling all year round. Now we're in business. So uh, this has been awesome. So thank you. I'm really happy I joined today.
0: I'm so glad you did too. I mean, that was the whole you know, one of the points of this wasn't just to answer, the questions wasn't just to uh, you know, do the the Q and a, but to, to connect, uh, together to, to do like an open door mastermind, like I said in the beginning. And, uh, look, every time I, I have conversations and interviews with people, uh, they always feel like they've gotten off the couch, you know, for, uh, at a therapist session. So I I'm appreciative of that, uh, of that analogy. I don't know what the the term, you know, sure analogy, uh, you know, here, Uh, on in in this tank talk and uh, we'll be back in two weeks. So uh, not next Thursday, next Thursday will be business geeks with Sam and Jen. And then on the third, uh, we will be back. We'll have uh, maybe Beth and Chris will be joining us, maybe some other uh, Shark Tank entrepreneurs. Uh, so get subscribed so you don't miss those. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you. Thank you both for being here. Please real quick, uh, plug both of your, your websites and how people can uh, either connect, and connect with you and or go and purchase your products.
1: Uh dot Matt.com is easy for me. BusyBabyMatt Matt on all the socials and then just on LinkedIn on Beth Fimbo, reach out anytime. I love to help people with ideas.
2: Okay, and we are Santa's Enchanted Mailbox.com. That's Santa's Enchanted Mailbox.com. Uh use promo code Super Joe Pardo, oh, which true. we're creating right now for any of your fans for 10% off. Super Joe Pardo promo code.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And way to show up that there. Anyway, that's what I do. Sorry, Beth. I'm just
2: kidding. (laughs) We're seasonal, Beth. We got to get rid of it. I can't have these mailboxes in our warehouse all winter. (laughs) Got to get rid of them.
0: (laughs) It's been, it has been an absolute pleasure having everybody watch. Thank you all for the questions. Again, we will be back in two weeks with another Tank Talk. Till then, take care uh, and go be super. Bye, guys.